Welcome to the Drink Less, Live More podcast. If you are someone that is wanting to evaluate your relationship with alcohol, you've come to the right place. You don't have to call yourself anything. We don't have to use any labels. You're just someone that knows something isn't working for you and you want to make an intentional change. Let's go. Welcome back to Drink Less, Live More. Before we jump into today's topic, I just want to thank all of the listeners. So all of you for sticking with me. And some of you have sent me some really kind messages through Instagram and TikTok and email. And it means so much to me. It just, as long as I know that people are feeling less alone they are feeling empowered to make changes in their life. I'm good. Like I love doing this work, um, but that is fuel for me when you send me those messages. So if there's ever something that pops into your head and you're thinking, oh, I bet a bunch of people send her messages about this. You know what? They think about it, but they don't always. So some of you do take that extra step to send me those messages, and I greatly appreciate it. Um, This is kind of funny. So my cat's sitting right on my lap, and if you can't hear her snoring. I don't know. Like maybe my mic is incredible and it's only picking up my voice, but she is snoring quite loudly. So anyway, hopefully that's not distracting and you all can't hear that. So for those of you that have met me or know me, you know, I do some public speaking. I do keynote talks. I get up in front of huge rooms of people and talk about all sorts of different topics, well-being, resilience, Uh, some coaching types of conversations, those types of things. Enneagram, I do a ton of work around. So you may not think that I am an introvert. So I want to talk about this because I do feel like I often will say, oh, I'm an ambivert. I feel like I could kind of go either way. I think I'm like 60% introverted, 40% extroverted. I can turn it on and off when I need to. But I do have a preference for introversion. For those of you that have done Myers-Briggs in the past, I've always struggled with the I and the E because I'm like, I don't know, it just sort of is scenario-based. But I've come to the conclusion, especially as I've gotten older, that I am more of an introvert than I am an extrovert. Even when I was a younger child, I preferred to be alone than in a group of people or a large group of people, for sure. Um, And people that I didn't know, like, screw that, I'm out of here. I'm not interested in that. So I want to talk about something that I have personally found a connection in, and that is introverts that struggle with overdrinking. And oftentimes, people don't know that an introvert is struggling because we do such a good job of withdrawing and removing ourselves from situations that will maybe create some conflict or create a deeper conversation from someone. So we do a pretty good job of kind of hiding it. So I think we do a better job than extroverts do because they're the ones that you see like dancing on the tables and, you know, at the parties and all that stuff. So they just have more exposure to people. So let me tell you why I think introversion and overdrinking can go hand in hand. I know I've had episodes in the past about social anxiety That is something I did not recognize that I had until probably my late 20s, early 30s. But I have really struggled with social anxiety. And I remember, you know, I was graduating high school and my friends and I were kind of dabbling in drinking a little bit. You know, we were going off to 
college that summer. And I just remember that first time that I went to a party and I had a few drinks and I was like, oh, shit, this is where it's at. I suddenly have this like liquid confidence and I don't worry so much about what I'm going to say next. I just kind of say it, you know? And so I was like, this is amazing. What I wasn't recognizing is that I'd wake up the next morning and think, oh, what did I say or what did I do? Did I say that, you know? And so then like the social anxiety just got even worse. So I actually think alcohol compounds social anxiety for introverts or for those that do, you know, suffer from social anxiety. But I find that to be such an interesting topic, you know, that we don't talk about often. So, and I I think most people probably struggle with a little bit of social anxiety. Some people it's debilitating where they won't go anywhere. For me personally, it's okay, I'm going to force myself to go to this thing and I'm just going to be myself and not drink and move on with life, you know? So it doesn't stop my life, but it can be pretty serious actually. So, another reason I think introverts <laughs> overdrink or oftentimes are maybe abusing alcohol is because we feel so out of place in an extroverted world. And we know that's true. We live in a world where extroversion is absolutely rewarded. Oh, you raised your hand in class six times and you knew the right answer. Oh, that's amazing. Oh my gosh, you were the life of the party. You stood up there and told jokes and told this great story. You know, there's all these ways that we reward extroversion. We do it to kids in school. Extroversion gets rewarded. Um, If they're shy, then somehow something is wrong with them. And I think that whole narrative has to flip, right? Where it's like, not flip, that's not right. That whole narrative needs to shift. Because I think extroversion is an amazing quality, and I do think it is something that is valuable, but I also think introversion is valuable. And oftentimes, introverts are kind of sitting back, taking in everything around them, and they are oftentimes almost like synthesizing what's going on. So they are the observers. They're the listeners. If you really want to know what's going on in a room... Ask the quietest person that is engaged. Ask the quietest person that seemingly is paying attention, and they're going to have a lot of insights for you. While people are talking, it is really hard to observe the room. You have to be able to just sit back truly like a fly on the wall to be able to do that. So even when we think in our workplaces, where that person that's really quiet will often be like, well, I really wish you would contribute more in a meeting and, you know, all these things. It's like, well, maybe their contribution is after the meeting when they tell you the things they've observed or the things that weren't being said that they noticed because they weren't busy talking. So I think there are gifts in both introverts and extroverts, but I do think that introverts often feel out of place. I remember often thinking as a kid, that something was wrong with me. I just wasn't like everyone else and using that in air quotes, everyone else. It turns out there's a lot of people just like me out there. I just didn't know that then. So what do we do about this? If we're an introvert and we really struggle with this overdrinking piece of things, well, number one, I think we really have to heal that wound that we have where we think something's wrong with us. 
we think something's missing because we're not fitting into this narrow version of what our culture says we should be. So that's the first thing we have to do. We have to practice some self-compassion. We have to remove the shame from being an introvert. I used to never want to tell anyone I was an introvert because they kind of thought, well, gosh, you seem extroverted right now. I'm like, yeah, when I go home, I'm going to crash and not want to speak to anyone for a week. But I didn't talk to people about that because I was almost embarrassed by it. So there was obviously a shame piece of it that was associated with my introversion. So I started just talking about it because I've talked about this a million times. The anecdote to shame is to just tell the truth. Like start, stop hiding what's going on. Just tell the truth. So I started talking about it more openly and started just owning, just owning my own introversion. And I read some books. I don't know if you're familiar with Susan David, but she is certainly an introvert. And she has a couple of books out there um, that are really great supporting introversion. There's a couple of other authors, too, that I will put in the show notes because I am not coming up with their names off the tip of my tongue. But I will put those in the show notes. So some authors have really done a good job highlighting of how we got here, how we started to value extroversion. There was a time in history. And it wasn't that long ago, in the 40s, 50s, the extroversion was seen as kind of icky. Introversion and being introspective was actually what was valued. So when we think of thought leaders of their time, (laughs) um, you know, like we think of Mother Teresa or Gandhi, I would not say that the two of them were probably the most extroverted people. They were very contemplative. They were thoughtful. You know, there were so many attributes of them that were introverted, and that was what was valued. So, you know, it hasn't always been this way. That was helpful for me to know, to think, gosh, I wonder if that is going to flip. You know, everything's kind of a cycle. I wonder if we're moving into a more introverted world. Like maybe we are, maybe we're moving towards that space. So the first thing I would say that we need to do is kind of heal that shame, like something is wrong with us. The next thing we have to do is we have to force ourselves to go out and we have to do it without alcohol. I know. Sounds so scary. Once you do it like four or five times, you actually recognize that yes, you are still nervous. Yes, you still have social anxiety. Yes, you're still thinking, when the hell can I get out of here because I got some shows to watch in my bed and my bedtime's nine o'clock, so I got to get home by eight so I can watch my shows and fall asleep. So instead of thinking about that, like really using that skill of listening and observing, people need that more than ever. So if you go to a party and you listen to an extrovert tell you about their life and you ask them good questions, curious questions, not just questions that are just phoning in or, you know, just moving the conversation along, but like good, deep questions, you're likely going to find a lot of value there. You are not going to be able to do that if you are drinking. So I want you to experiment with this. If all the introverts out there, you know, if you can just go out to a handful of parties, a handful of get-togethers, a handful of networking opportunities, and practice what you're so good at, 
use your skills in these environments. It could be a real gift to the other person that you're speaking to and listening to. It is for sure a huge need and a basic need for humanity right now. We need to feel like we're being seen and heard. And we oftentimes don't feel that way when we're in an extroverted world. So that is your homework. If you are an introvert, if you are not an introvert and you're an extrovert and you're thinking, what in the hell? These people are weird. What is wrong with them? This is a great opportunity for you to understand introverts in a different way. I had an executive coaching client who is absolutely an extrovert, and she was really struggling with a couple of people on her team that were introverts, and she recognized, like, that is the challenge. They have told me that's the challenge. I just don't fully understand their world. So I gave her a couple of book suggestions, which I will put in the show notes, of ways she could better understand introverts. We know what extroverts look like because that's our world. Like, that is the world we live in. But people really don't understand introverts. So she read one of the books and she was like, oh my gosh, my relationship with one of them is fully changed because I feel like I understand her. I've shared that with her. And now she actually feels understood and doesn't feel so out of place. And I'm like, oh, interesting. And she's become more extroverted. How interesting. So There's something for all of us to learn here, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert or an ambivert, kind of that in-between. You can kind of code switch when you need to. There's a lot of opportunity here, but I do think there is a specific link between introverts and those that overdrink or maybe even tip into the substance use disorder space. So I want you to think about this. Um, Don't think about it too hard, but If you are an introvert, just practice those two pieces of homework, and we will talk next Wednesday. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you can be reminded for my weekly Wednesday episodes. If you're curious about my programs and options of ways to work with me, check out rachelpritz.com. And if that's not interesting to you right now, no problem. Just keep listening along for free. Either way, I'm here for you.